Well, good morning and happy Father's Day. Welcome. Good to see all of you today. Uh, let's welcome back our fearless leader, the main man, Pastor Kyle, from his vacation. So, uh, if you're visiting with us today, Kyle's our lead pastor. He'll be back in the pulpit next week and uh, looking forward to that. So uh, glad you all had some time away, but good to have you and your family back with us. So, well, this morning we're talking about being a good father because you have a good father. And to, to sort of get this started, I've asked my dad to join me. He and my mom are here from, uh, from Tyler, Texas, visiting from the weekend. Dad, come on up. And uh, I'm just going to... I'm just going to ask Dad some questions about about fatherhood, and um, I'm going to start by asking him a little bit about his dad, my grandfather, who we called Papa. And just to give you a little bit of background, um, Papa, his both of his parents were were dead by the time he was 11, and so he grew up. He spent the the next, I guess, few years maybe kind of bouncing from foster home to foster home, and and eventually landed in a a, a really good, solid Christian home. But uh, very poor, uh, very little education, and uh, what has always struck me about that is that Papa could have used that childhood as an excuse uh, to just to just be a bum of a dad, be a bum of a of a, of a man, of a person. Uh, but he didn't. Somewhere along the way, Papa made the decision that he was going to be uh, the kind of father to his. Uh, to his future kids someday that he didn't really grow up with. And so um, I want to start, Dad, by asking you, what were some things that made Papa a good dad to you and your sisters? Dad was always there for us. Um, he worked many, many long hours, six days a week, about seven to seven. But he always had time uh, for his family. Uh, me being the only son, I got a little bit more time with him than my two sisters. Uh, of course, they had mom. But dad always allowed time for when I was in scouts. He was there as part of the scouting program. Uh, grew up in a Methodist church, and we had the youth group, and he was part of that. Uh, took me hunting and fishing, and he just always was there, not just physically, but emotionally. Um, he gave me encouragement. Uh, he constantly just was a great, great, great dad. I've I, I'm so blessed uh, to have had a dad as I have. Okay. And speaking of encouraging you, there's a story about um, your high school guidance counselor telling you your senior year, looking across his desk at you and saying, Parrish, you'll never amount to anything. And, and uh, I know that had to be hurtful. And yet uh, you had a conversation with Papa right around there sometime. Uh, tell us about that. Well, I... I don't know what I'm going to do when I grow up. I had not figured it out yet. <laughs> I'm still working on that one. Uh, but yes, uh, that was, uh, uh, it's just something I remember in my life very vaguely, uh, or excuse me, very vividly I remember when uh, that gentleman told me that. And I was somewhat devastated, but I was also a smart 18-year-old kid. Uh, so I went home and told Mom and Dad about it. And Dad just very calmly just kind of assured me, son, you can be anything you want to be. You can do anything you want to do. Just believe in yourself. Don't listen to what other people say about you or to you. You be your own person. And I've carried that forward with me since I was 18 years old. Yeah, yeah. So the words that we speak to our kids are, are critical 
Um, I mean, imagine if you had gone home and told him that, and he, and he agreed with him. Um, you know, the, the, that's, that story just always reminded me the importance of speaking words of life and blessing into our kids. No matter how old your kids are, if they're young, if they're grown and out of the house, um, your words, especially as a dad, your words carry a lot of weight, either positively or negatively. And so um, that's a great illustration of that. That, that his words of blessing and life that he spoke into you um, sort of overcame the words that this counselor Very much had spoken so. to you. Yes, indeed, they okay. did. Okay. Um, was, there, was there a part of you that, that consciously, when you became a father, I have an older brother, Devin, he's five years older than me, was there a part of you that consciously wanted to be a good dad to your kids because of the dad that you had growing up? I think I would have to say that that was just, I guess I'd use the word, it was just born into me because of the example I had uh, as a child and as a young boy and as a teenager and later in my life as an adult male. Uh, I did not have to sit there and say, okay, now here's what I got to do for Devin and Adam this week because I want to be a good dad, so I got to make sure I do this. No, I, I didn't. It just came very normal. Uh, it was just part of me because of what my father had instilled in me uh, during my formative years. And I never had, oh, I had some reservations about this one on occasion. <laughs> but um, I might add, he's very intelligent, by the way, because he watched the mistakes his older brother made and he didn't make them. <laughs> so I didn't have to spank him as often. Uh, but no, it was just. As, as often being the key phrase. <laughs> No, it, just, it was just part of me, and I praise God that, that God gave me that wisdom and, and just put that in me to be as good a father as I could possibly be. What are, I know you don't like to toot your own horn, but as you look back, what are some things that you, what's one or two things that you feel like you did well as a dad for us, especially that were modeled for you? Well, again, just carrying on uh, what my father did for me, that's what I wanted to do well. Uh, and, I wouldn't, and I'm not perfect by any means. I made a lot of mistakes. We all do. And let me say this, too. When I say I, I'm also referring or including my wife, Karen. We just celebrated 50 years of marriage, so I've had her along the road also. <laughs> um, but, thank you. But we did it together, and there, there were things we did wrong. But I praise God that I think and hope and obviously did a few more things right than what we did wrong. Okay. Okay. So one last question. Uh, I've, I've said that what we're talking about today is, is be a good father because you have a good father. Um, obviously, not everyone has had a good earthly father. Uh, so what would you say to the person who's sitting in this room today saying, um, you know, I'm happy for you that you had a great dad, but I didn't. Um, what would you say to that person? I would say that our earthly fathers will likely let us down. They will probably disappoint us. They may not be the father like the father that lives next door, the father of your best friend. But your heavenly father will never let you down. Amen. He'll never have you discouraged over him. Yes, you're going to go through situations even knowing God as your Father. I've said it before and I have to say it again. I believe that God always answers every prayer. 
No matter what it is, God answers that prayer. Whether yes or no or later. And if you didn't have or don't have that experience, haven't had the experience with the earthly father that you wish you had, you turn to your heavenly father and he'll give you the strength and the wisdom to even yet be a better father someday yourself. Amen. Amen. Good. Thanks, Dad. Thank you very much. I'll just take that with you. Be a good father because you have a good father. Turn in your Bible, if you would, or your Bible app to Psalm 18. Last week we talked about uh, we talked about David killing Goliath and, and um, that whole that whole story of how that unfolded. Um, this morning I want us to look at a psalm that David wrote some years after that. Um, we know that David spent spent many many years running from King Saul. Saul had been the the king over the people of Israel, and um, Saul Saul figured out that David was going to be the next king, that that David was going to take his place on the throne. And so for years, Saul chased David all over the wilderness, all over the desert, trying to to take him out, trying to kill him uh, so that David could not take his place on the throne. And uh, at the same time, David was also, he continued to fight the, the enemies of the Israelites, the Philistines. Goliath was a Philistine. And so all around him, David, death was literally all around him at any given day. Uh, David could have been killed, either by Philistines or by uh, King Saul or one of Saul's henchmen. So death was all around him all the time. So imagine the sense of relief that David must have felt when finally at last he was able to assume his place on that throne. And he had rest from his enemies around him. He was no longer fighting with the Philistines for the most part. And there was a period where David could, could for the first time in years, just sort of sit back and take a breath. So if you put yourself in those shoes and imagine the, the sense of relief that David must have had. It was out of that sense of relief that he wrote this psalm. Psalm 18, verse 1. He starts off saying, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me. The the torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. And in my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. How does David start this this sort of psalm of relief? This psalm of taking a deep breath, finally. He starts it with this statement, I love you, Lord. I love you, God. And I'm, I'm struck by that statement because there is, there is still an, there's an element of our culture that says it's not really manly, it's not really macho to say I love you. 
We, we think of those, we often think of those words as just not being manly words to speak those words to somebody. I love you. And yet here's David, this mighty conqueror, this commander of army, of armies. He was tough and he was strong. And he did not hesitate to say, I love you, God. I love you, God. And men, we need to be able to say that. We need to get over whatever that, that macho stuff is that sometimes makes us hesitant to use that kind of language. We need to get over that and we need to be able to tell God, I love you. And you know the biggest reason that we need to be able to tell God that? Because when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? What was his answer? Love God with everything you have and everything you are. And so we need to be able to tell God, God, I love you. But here's the thing. We also need to be able to tell our families. We need to be able to tell our wives and our parents and our kids and our our loved ones, I love you. And and especially on this Father's Day, dads, as as you think about your kids, they need to hear from you, I love you. They need to hear. They need. They don't just need to be shown. Yeah, we need to show them with our actions. But guys, especially if your kids are still in your house, they're still young and they're still growing up. They need to hear not just from mom. They need to hear from you, dad. They need to hear the words. I love you. And you're never going to mess up so bad that I'll stop loving you. I love you. Let them hear those words. From your mouth and say those words to God. That's how David starts this psalm. That's kind of what David says to God. I love you, God. But here's what he says about God. He says, God is my strength and he is my rock and he is my fortress. What a great description of a father. That's a great description of a father. My strength, my rock, my fortress. When he says my rock, he's talking about a a firm place, something that that supports me, something I can depend on. If I stand on this, it's a it's a firm place. I can trust it. That's a great description of a of a father, of a good father, isn't it? And a fortress. What's a fortress? A fortress is a place where you can uh, you can find protection. A place where you can maybe uh, maybe heal your wounds before you go back out and engage the battle. It's a place of strength, and that's how David describes his heavenly Father. He is my strength. He's my rock. He is my fortress. Now, here's the thing: be a good father because you have a good father. Like we said earlier, I know there are some in this room who are saying, you know what, those words up there, they don't describe my father. Yeah, that is a, that is a great description of a great father, but that doesn't describe my father. And here's what I would say to you. The same heavenly father that David describes this way is your heavenly father too. He is your heavenly father too. And if you didn't have a good dad, if you didn't have a dad who was, who was yours, a source of strength and who was a, a rock you could depend on, if he wasn't a fortress that, that you could take refuge in when life was kicking you in the teeth, if you, didn't, if you don't today have a father like that, an earthly father, you have a heavenly father who is all of that and more. And as my dad said, look to him 
as your source of strength. Look to him to be your strength and your rock and your fortress. Some of you are here today, and this is the first Father's Day that you're celebrating without your dad. Look to your heavenly Father. He is your strength. He is your fortress. He is your rock. So if you didn't have that kind of earthly father, hear this. The God who speaks galaxies into existence gave you life, gave you breath, sent his son to die for you, And desperately, this day, today, he wants you to know. I know that because every day, he wants you to know how much he loves you. That's the kind of heavenly father that you have and that I have. He is our strength and he is our rock and he is our fortress we can can depend on. So that's the first part of the description that David gives of God. It's an image of strength, right? It's an, it's an image of might and power. He's a, he's a big God. He is an awesome God. But then look at the second description he gives. He's a father who listens. How annoying is it when you're trying to tell somebody something and they're not listening to you? Sarah so would say, my wife would say, she experiences that a lot. And usually when she says that I don't listen to her, I usually answer, what? Just because. But it's frustrating, isn't it? I mean, especially when you have something that you really need to tell somebody. Especially if you're going through some tough stuff and you just, you got to get something off your chest and you want to you talk about it with somebody and they're just off doing their own thing in another world. They're not even listening to you. I know none of you other wives have experienced that. That was sarcasm. Listen, folks. We have a God in heaven. We have a Father in heaven who always listens. He is never too busy. When I pray to God, when I pour out my heart to God, I don't have to worry about God being distracted by something going on over here. I don't have to worry about him thinking about somebody over here. I don't have to worry about God being too busy to hear what I'm telling him. He always listens to me and he always listens to you. That's the kind of heavenly father that all of us have. It's the kind of heavenly father that you have. And what I love about that is, you know, David has used this, these images of strength and, and, um, and, and power and might, you know, talking about the fortress and he's my rock and he's my strength. But this image of a God who listens, that's more of an image of, of tenderness and of care, isn't it? You've heard me say before, um, God is big enough to carry us through anything that we face. And he loves us enough to carry us through anything that we face. And at the end of the day, that's really what we want to know, isn't it? I mean, especially when life is tough, when life is just kicking us in the teeth. We want to know, does God, is God big enough? This is a big old problem I'm having, God. Are you big enough to carry me through this? But we also want to know, God, do you love me enough to carry me through this? Do you care enough about what's going on in my life 
to carry me through this. And folks, I want to tell you this morning, David tells us right here in this song, the answer to those questions are, yes, he is big enough to carry you through anything that you face. And yes, he loves you enough to carry you through anything that you face. He is a father who is strong enough and he's a father who loves you enough. And when I think about that, that's the prayer that comes to my mind. God, help me to be that kind of father. I read this description that David gives us of of the heavenly father that we all have and I can't help but pray, God, help me to be that kind of father. Help me to be a good father to my kids because I have a good father. Not just an earthly father sitting here on the front row. I have a heavenly father who will never let me down. Who is my strength and my fortress. Who is my my heavenly father that I have. And that's the kind of father that I want to be to my kids. See, I am well aware. This is is a fact. Study after study has shown this. In a way, this heaps a big weight of responsibility on my shoulders. And and dads, it, it it should put a weight on yours too, but understand that God will help you carry that burden. Here's the burden. Study after study has shown that nobody is more influential in shaping a child's view of God than his or her dad either positively or negatively. More than mom, more than grandma and grandpa, more than pastor, Sunday school teacher, children's pastor, youth pastor. Nobody is more influential than dad when it comes to shaping how a child grows up viewing God in a good way or in a bad way. And I think about that. And I think about the responsibility that that places on my shoulder. And that's why I pray almost every night. I go into my kids' rooms. This is always, well, besides kissing Sarah goodnight, the last thing that I do almost every night after my kids have gone to bed, they're usually asleep by then, and I go in their rooms, and I I usually pray over them. Sometimes it's short, sometimes it's long, but it always includes the prayer, God, help them to see you in me. God, I mess up a lot. In spite of what I mess up, in spite of my mistakes and failures, please, God, help them to see you. Help them, help me to convey to them an accurate picture of who you are. That's why I want to pray that prayer. God, help me to be to my kids the kind of father that you are to us. I want to be a good father. Because I have a good father. There's an old expression, tough as nails. Heard that expression? Uh, Man, that guy, he's tough as nails. Um, Nails are pretty tough, they're pretty strong. Uh, they have to be to be able to hold uh, to be able to hold two boards together to be able to help hold up a structure. Nails have to be pretty tough. But there's some downsides to, to nails. There's some negative things about nails. For one thing, 
when you use them, they're pretty loud, isn't it? I mean, nails are loud. You can hear nails from, somebody's nailing something, you can hear them from blocks away because they're just, it's just noisy. The other thing about nails is um, they get bent out of shape easily. I know some of you can't see this, that's why I'm putting pictures up there. They get, nails get bent out of shape really easily, don't they? I mean, probably not as easily when somebody like Rick is hammering. I don't know where Rick is, over here somewhere. You know, he's construction, he hammers all the time. Somebody like me who does it every now and then, it's real easy for a nail to get bent out of shape, isn't it? The other thing is, when you use a nail, it actually damages the wood, doesn't it? It puts holes in the wood. If you're not careful, this board right here is split a little bit. Um, if you're not careful, you can even split the wood, and, and then you can't even use it anymore. And so, yeah, nails are tough, and they're strong, but, um, but they're loud, and they get bent out of shape easily. Are you following me? They get bent out of shape easily, and sometimes their toughness even causes damage. Unfortunately, I've just described a lot of us men. There are a lot of men who, yeah, they're, maybe they're physically strong and physically tough, but they draw a lot of attention. They're really loud about bringing attention to how strong and tough they are. And then there are a lot of men, and this is an area that I have to work on in my life, a lot of men get bent out of shape too easily. They get mad too easily. They get upset and frustrated too easily. And then there are some men, they use their strength and they use their toughness in a way that causes damage to the people they love. I don't really want to be tough as nails. I want to be strong as steel. This is part of an I-beam. Um... Let me tell you, this is strong. This is strong. And the thing about, the thing about an I-beam is, when an I-beam is doing its job and it's, it's up in the ceiling somewhere, it's holding something up, it's not loud. It's not, it's not drawing attention to itself. And to bend one of these out of shape, that takes a lot of energy to bend one of these out of shape. And then the other thing is an I-beam, when it's, when it's up there in the ceiling and it's doing its job, it's not damaging anybody. It's just there. It's just, it's just silently providing strong, steady support. It's upholding the whole structure. So men, let me ask you today. Do you want to be tough as nails? Or strong as steel. Because our Father in heaven, He's strong as steel. He's steady. We can depend on Him, we can trust Him. He doesn't bring damage to our lives, He doesn't get bent out of shape, He doesn't stop loving us because we messed up. Be a good father because you have a good father. 
And I'm not talking about earthly fathers anymore. I'm talking about your Father in heaven who gave you life. What I want to do this morning as as the band comes. um, Last week week was more kind of a challenge message and I, I invited... All the men in the room to come forward and just and just kneel before God and pray. Um, God help me to be the man that you created me to be. Well, today I'm not going to ask you to come forward. If you feel inclined to come as we sing this last song, maybe you want to continue praying that prayer. Then by all means, you come if you feel like God is leading you to do that. Uh, but I want to do something a little different this morning. I want to ask all the dads in the room to stand. I'm not going to ask you to come forward or anything. Just stand where you are. And I just, I want to pray a prayer of blessing on you today. Being a dad is one of the, maybe the hardest job in the world. And I want to pray a prayer of blessing on each of you today. Will you join me? Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for creating us. We praise you for being, for being our heavenly father who never lets us down, who never leaves us, never forsakes us. And I thank you for each one of these men who are standing in this room today who have one of the most rewarding but also one of the toughest jobs on earth. So God, would you bless them today? Would you speak words of life and love into their lives, into their hearts and their minds, even right now in this moment? Give them wisdom, God, as they, as they seek to be the father that you created them to be, as they seek to be the father that you are to us. Give them strength. Give them wisdom. Father, I know that the, the guys who are standing in here are all at different stages of life. Some of them are empty nesters and their kids are grown and gone. Some of them have children who have preceded them in death. Some of them, their, their wife has already died. Some of them are still raising their kids. Some of them are divorced and raising their kids in two households. But Father, whatever, whatever position we are at in life, help us all to look to you to be our strength, our fortress, and our rock. So bless these men, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would the rest of you stand and let's continue to worship. Thank God, not only for our fathers, thank Him most of all for being the heavenly Father that He is to us. Can we just celebrate those dads that stood? And uh, men, we've got, you know, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach, isn't it? So, men, we've got some candy bars for you as you exit the sanctuary today. But uh, let's just say this blessing together. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Have a wonderful day today.